Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. In this week's episode, I am reviewing episode four of ITV's Sanditon. So, episode four, we are now halfway through the series. And boy, is there a lot to unpack from this episode. It is jam-packed. I actually quite enjoyed this episode. As I was saying last time, it is hitting its stride now, and it certainly should have found its voice by the time it's halfway through. Um, (laughs) But I am actually starting to enjoy it. Like I said, I don't feel it's necessarily very Jane Austen-y anymore but I am enjoying what it's giving us. And just exactly what is it that they give us in this episode? Well there is a lot of information being sent and being delivered in this episode. Hence the very obvious metaphor at the beginning of the episode of everybody sending letters and receiving letters and getting news and stuff like that. You could tell what kind of an episode we were in for with that beginning. And there were really sort of three main groups of people that receive information in this episode. And that is the Denims, that is the Parkers, and of course there is Charlotte as well. The Denims, for me, I'm going to start with them because I think that they have the biggest midway turning point of the series. And I will explain that in a minute. Um... As the audience, we have known since the beginning that the two Denim siblings fancy each other and they've been snogging and doing God knows what else in that house all by themselves, Um, but nobody else knew about it. And this is the episode where people do actually find out about it and it's Clara Brereton that makes the discovery, much to her... Well, disgust at the situation, but pleasure in that she has some dirt on the denims that she can use to manipulate her aunt. And manipulate, she does. Lady Denim is trying to get the Denim siblings married off, not to each other, obviously, but to other people, because they need the money and the support, because she'll be damned if she's going to live her life with them waiting for her to die so that they can have her money. So she's trying to get them settled so that she can enjoy her life, basically. Now, of course, Miss Denham doesn't want that. She actually genuinely loves her stepbrother. Last time, again, I mentioned that I felt really icky about the whole thing with them because their stepbrother and sister still makes me feel icky, but I'm going along with it at this point because I don't really have a choice. (laughs) Anyway, whether or not I find it weird... Miss Denham fancies her stepbrother and she genuinely has feelings for him and thinks that they're going to have a life together, that they will eventually get married and live together and have their own house and their own family. All they need is money. And this is where the really big sort of turning point comes from for the Denhams because Clara Brereton, she lets Miss Denham know that she knows about her and her brother and she convinces Miss Denham to almost to question her brother's motives and what he wants to get out of this little fling that they're having because Clara thinks that he is very cold-hearted and callous and will just throw Miss Denham away once he's had enough of her 
unfortunately. And of course, Miss Denham does just that. She tests her brother and tries to do the whole, oh, let's just run away and get married and see where we are. Let's not care about anybody else. Let's just be happy, just us two. And he, of course, says, no, we can't. We need the money, you know, blah, 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 blah. He clearly has no intentions of them ending up together and having this fantasy that she's built up. But he tries to frame it in a way that makes it sound like he just wants them to be in a more stable position financially. And Miss Denham isn't buying it. She doesn't let her brother know that she isn't buying it, though. And you can see that turning point. There is almost like an exact moment where it switches in her brain and she is suddenly working against her brother now. And it's going to be delicious to watch how this works out over the latter half of this series once we start with episode five. So that was really the big, you know, midpoint change for me. That was the biggest moment in that episode for me. Now, there are other big moments, but I'm going to explain kind of why they're not quite as big for me. So start with the Parkers. We get the information that Sydney's gone to the banks at Mr Parker's request and they won't give him any more money. They just will not lend any money to the Parkers anymore and they need a lot of money to get Sanditon off the ground and to get things working, especially now that they've announced that they're going to be having a regatta to drum up some interest. Now this is I suppose a big moment only Mr Parker has sort of been talking since the beginning about them not having very much money and that they need more and they need more people to come to Sanditon so it isn't actually that big of a shock when we're informed that they will not be getting any more money from the bank and it doesn't really feel like they're on a different path for the second half of this story than they were in the first half which is what you definitely feel with Miss Denham and the Denham family. There is definitely a switch now. The paths have diverged. And it's this same sort of anticlimax that Charlotte has as well. In this episode, Charlotte spends a lot of time with Georgiana Lamb, who in turn spends a lot of time with her well, I'm going to call him her boyfriend because they love each other and they love spending time together and they want to be together. He even proposes to her. But the only thing stopping them from getting married is Sydney Parker because she is his ward and he has a say on who she marries and he, for whatever reason, doesn't like this bloke. Now, I think this is going to lead to a bigger shock moment But in terms of a midpoint shock, it's not really that much because Georgiana Lamb explains to a very naive Charlotte. Now, I have had problems with Charlotte's naivety before now because Jane's writing gave her a sort of a country wisdom. She was able to sort of see through the machinations and the facades of city life. But in this instance, to do with slavery and trade in Great Britain, I think it was a really good choice to show her so naive because so many people were, they just did not understand 
what was going on with slavery and how it was affecting everybody's lives and how everybody was connected to it and how bad that it actually was to be connected to something as abhorrent as the slave trade which is what Georgiana Lamb tells Charlotte that Sydney is involved in. Like I said I think this is a really interesting way that they've done this I'm really glad that they've shown just how blind and unobservant British people were about the plight of slaves and Georgian people of colour but I'm slightly worried. We've got this weird thing going on with Georgiana and Sydney Parker. And I'm ho- what I'm hoping for is a Wickermite twist, that he is a lot worse than we think he is, which is what we're given when Georgiana tells Charlotte about Sydney being connected to the slave trade and asking her how she thinks he made all of his money. Because I think that's a really important thing to discuss in these series and in these period dramas. Because slavery was a part of everyday life and needs to be explored. What I am worried about is that they're going to do another 180 and have Sydney be the good guy. And somehow, even if he is connected to the slave trade, it's really not as bad as we think. You know, and have sort of that Darcy-like change instead that we were wrong about him all along and we were just prejudiced against him because he was a bit mean and surly and rich and pompous to be quite honest I really don't want that to happen I do not like Sidney Parker and I think it would be quite refreshing and quite important actually in terms of how we deal with the heritage of the slave trade in British culture be really important if Sidney Parker is taken to task and he is the villain that we think he is and has been all along. And it's sort of this little area, this is the anticlimactic change that I was talking about. Because, like I said, we have this Wickhamite moment where Georgiana tells Charlotte how bad Sydney is. But Charlotte's already gone backwards and forwards on her opinion of Sydney Parker quite a few times by this point so it doesn't really have as big of an impact this time because she's already decided that he was rude and then he wasn't that bad now he's nasty again oh wait no now he's helping his brother and he might be a good guy after all it's really frustrating it feels like watching a game of tennis and really that moment doesn't have quite the impact that, for example, the earlier moment with Miss Denham has. With Miss Denham, you can really see that change and it clicks and she's like, oh my God, this has changed my world. With Charlotte, it's more, "Eh, I had misgivings about him already, this just reinforces everything that I thought to begin with. So again, It's going to lead to bigger moments, I think, down the road. But in terms of halfway turning points, it's not quite as impactful as I had hoped. The other thing with Sidney Parker, if you remember back to the last episode, I said at the end that I wasn't really sure where we were going with Sidney Parker. And I've already explained where I would like it to go, because we now have this sort of triangle 
it seems, between Sydney Parker and Charlotte and Mr Stringer. I absolutely adore Mr Stringer. I think he's wonderful and I love him to pieces and I really hope that he is the romantic lead for Charlotte, that they will end up together because they would fit so well together. They're characters that are just so in tune and they would work really well together and it would deny Sydney that redemptive factor as well if Charlotte chooses somebody else because clearly the series is trying to set him up as a potential suitor for Charlotte and I really just hope that they buck tradition and don't pair her off with the rich guy who was grumpy in the beginning but now isn't that bad and have her go with the guy that's been nice to her since the beginning and has gotten on with her and they have shared interests and everything else so I think that would be a really good fit and I hope that that's what they go for. I absolutely love Mr Stringer and I detest Sydney Parker (laughs) though I suppose at this point you are supposed to despise Sydney Parker I just hope that I'm able to keep doing so. So There was a lot of interesting moments in this episode, some big moments that are going to lead to new directions for the second half and some bigger moments down the road as well. And I am at this point excited but also trepidatious about where it's going to go. And I guess I will have to wait and see until next week when I watch episode five. I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austinite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like and subscribe and share it and drop comments my way if you want to discuss anything that's come up in this episode. I would really appreciate that as well. I will see you next time for a new episode. And until then, happy reading. Your faithful servant, the author. <laughs>